But the start, here's what I got to say to you tonight. God is taking you somewhere. So uh, when I was in high school, and I, I, I checked this story today with my mom, so this is, this is a real life story. I'm not making this up. When I was in high school, my family uh, met another family in, at Disney World, and we, we stayed a few nights in Disney World when I was in high school. And while we were there, I think it was like sometime in October possibly. It, it, I think that's when it was. Anyways, it's not important. There was this ride in Disney World called Tower of Terror. Anybody ever heard of this ride, Tower of Terror? Yeah, it's really fun ride. Yeah, Bobby. Woohoo, not. Okay, so this ride... We went up to it, and it looked like this big, gigantic haunted house. So we didn't think anything of it. We thought it was like a haunted house type deal. So we decided, my whole family, we were going to get on this ride and just kind of cruise because it was like a haunted house. So you get in this like elevator-looking shaft thing, freaky from the get-go. Did we stop? No. So it's like this elevator shaft. We got in, and it starts off really slow. And it's like, man, this is my kind of ride. It's good. It's easy. You're going through this little, these like little spots and like these things will pop up and it's saying the twilight zone. You're like, hey, this is not bad. And then all of a sudden the lights shut off completely. And you're like, something's going to try to jump out and scare me. About that time, this big giant door opens and you're looking out over all Disney World just in time. For it to drop. And it didn't drop one time. It then goes you, takes you up higher the next time. And guess what happens? The doors open. You're like, no. <sighs> Drops. And then the third time, it dropped. We thought it was like a little slow elevator that showed you scary things. We got off the ride, and I'm pretty sure my mom and me both were literally shaking. My brother was really little at the time. He's like, let's go again. No. Me and him wrote it again. Um, but the point is, God is taking you somewhere. Now, I know you're probably reading the screen and you're thinking, what does a grasshopper in any form or fashion have to do with the Bible? So I'm calling this the grasshopper mindset. The word is not grasshopper. Okay, I'm not going to do that to anybody. That would be terrible. Charles can relax. Okay, like the word is going to be mind, but we are focusing on this idea of a grasshopper And hopefully you'll see why. But again, God is taking you somewhere, okay? But in order to get to that place God is taking you to, there's a process, right? There's a process. We all have a destiny. We all have somewhere God's taking us to. But to get to the destiny, okay, it starts with deliverance. So, we're talking about uh, the people of Israel. So we're talking about the Israelites. They were delivered from Egypt, right? They were delivered from um, the slavery in Egypt. And they're on their way to God's destiny. So if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Numbers 13. It probably sounds like the most boring message in the world because you hear, oh, we're in the book of Numbers and talking about grasshoppers. So Numbers 13, Zoe's there apparently, Numbers 13, and we're going we're gonna to read in different spots here. So I'm going to start in verse 1. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, 
which I am given to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You'll send a man, every, every one a leader among them. Jump up to verse 17. Then Moses sent to them, sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like. Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage and bring some fruit of the land. Now the time was, now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So uh, go to verse 25 now. Verse 25, and they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They told them and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey and its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very long, large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people... Whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Here we go, verse 33. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you be with this message. God, that you just help everything that's said and done tonight come from you. That it wouldn't be about me or some type of word or something that I'm doing, God, but it would just be all about you and what you're doing. Lord, help us to focus on you and have the mind for you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, what we're talking about tonight is this idea of a grasshopper mindset. So, before I can tell you anything about the message, I have to tell you what a grasshopper mindset is. There's this thing called an encyclopedia. Does any, never mind. Okay, there's a real thing called an encyclopedia. Teenagers have no earthly idea what I'm talking about. It's like Google. Anyways, um, a a grasshopper mindset, if you look up grasshopper in an encyclopedia, it says an insect that is preyed on by many reptiles. It's easy to squash out grasshoppers. It's easy to just take them out. It's easy to... When it comes to grasshoppers, it's really easy to let things eat you up, so to speak. If you have a grasshopper mindset, things can overtake you easily. Things of the world can eat you up. I I want you to think about this story. God had delivered these people from Israel, and after deliverance, they're, they're wandering through the desert, 
and God is leading them to their destiny. And if you're a Christian here tonight, God is leading you to your destiny. But there's good and bad news about this wilderness. Okay, there's good and bad news about the wilderness. The good news is they weren't in Egypt anymore. The bad news is you can get stuck in the wilderness. Okay. Um, Israel found themselves right here on the border of the promised land God had promised them. They were right there. It was time to enter in. It was time to cross over. It's time to take it. I heard a story about a, um, a man who, who almost found a treasure. He, he spent his lifetime trying to discover treasure, and right before he was about to find it, he gave up. Because he thought, I've had enough X marks the spot moments for one lifetime. I'm going to retire as a pirate and become a treasure map designer instead. How many times in our life are we that way with things of God? We give up, we, we fall short just, just as we're reaching where God wants us to be. Listen, let me tell you how, how to know if you have a grasshopper mindset tonight. One, if you, like I said, if you let things eat you up. Two, if each day your problems get bigger and you get smaller. If yesterday looks better than tomorrow. If you're refusing to step out in faith because of fear, you have what's called a grasshopper mindset. I mean, think about this. In the story, he said, there we saw the giants, and they were like, and we were like, they called themselves grasshoppers. Nobody else called them grasshoppers. They called themselves grasshoppers. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight, too. So since we thought we were grasshoppers, they thought we were grasshoppers. If the physical realm, the things you can see and touch, are overshadowing the spiritual realm, you have a grasshopper mindset. When what you're coming from looks better than what you're going to, you have what's called a grasshopper mindset. So I'm going to do the word mind so it's not real long. Okay, and I should probably turn this on if I want it to work. So I'm going to do the word mind. So the first thing we see is we see some Israelites in this story, and here they go again. They have a history of moaning and complaining. They're like champion complainers. Do you know anybody like this? People that can just complain. All, oh, we don't have any food. What are we going to? We're out of water. We might as well just go back to Egypt. Like, this is terrible. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Like, you brought us out of that so we could go out in the desert and die? Like, what are you doing? And it's easy to look at that story and make fun of them. Like, they would complain, and Moses would pray, and then God would provide. Then they would complain, Moses would pray, God would provide. And here's the problem. They got so used to that complaining and Moses praying on their behalf and God providing that they thought that's how it worked. They just thought they should complain. If something wasn't going their way, it's kind of a LeBron James mindset. I shouldn't have said it. The Israelites have just came, like they've seen God provide and do these miraculous things for them time and time again. But the minute, the minute something doesn't go their way, oh no, right? Like everything's awful. See, in verse 26, and here's what's crazy to me. Here's what's literally crazy to me. 
In verse 26, these spies come back and they say, Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of children of Israel. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit. Then they said, We went to the land. It really is what God says. They, they say it really is flowing with milk and honey. God said it was going to be flowing with milk and honey. It really is. Now, they mean that it's abundant, that it's fruitful, that it's full of blessings. And they said it's fruit. If you keep reading, it talks about the pomegranates and the grapes. They literally broke tree limbs and carried them with grapes on the tree limbs. Like, look, like big grapes. Huge pomegranate. I don't, I don't like pomegranate, but it sounds good anyways. Right? Like, they, they really said, hey, this place is exactly what God said. Nevertheless, there's problems. They said there's huge problems here. We, there's no way we can take this. There's no way we can go into this promised land. It's exactly what God said, but there's no way we can do it. There's, prob, there's too many problems. There's giants. All these different people are living there. Like, there's people there, and they're big. They're giants. It literally says they're giants. See, the problem is the Israelites saw their problems, and they thought their problems were greater than God's promises. How many times in our lives do we see the problems that are right before us, and we don't see God's promises? We see the problems over the promises. Listen, I'm going to tell you this tonight. You can't act like there's not problems. There were really problems. There were really giants there. There were really all these different generations of people there that they've had problems with. They were really there. If you act like problems are not there, that's called the concept of stupid thinking. Honestly. Because, like, problems are really there. There's really problems. Okay, so to act like they're not there would be false. But, you, I mean, you can't be in denial about problems. There, there, there are problems. And some of them are huge. But the grasshopper mindset says you can't do what God's telling you to because of those problems. We have a slave mentality. The Israelites had a slave mentality because that's all they've ever been used to. See, we have to stop seeing the problems and start seeing God's promises. So let's go on to the next word, and, and there's grasshoppers all through this. Give me a break. So next stands for insufficient. And here's what I mean by insufficient, specifically on the leadership. And I'm not, I'm not docking their leaders. I'm saying... Instead of following God, they followed the 10 spies. They sent in 12 spies. I can't really make 12. Um, but then they followed the 10 who came back and said, mm, I don't think we can do it. They decided to follow those 10. And listen, it cost them. As a result, since they decided to follow those 10 spies, they were left wandering in the desert for 38 more years because they followed the wrong people. How many times do we follow the wrong people? There's a thing called TikTok. It's so easy for people to look on TikTok and say, hey, well, Michael Jordan said this, so it has to be true. Right? People can get online and pretend to be whatever they want. Like I, I, I try to tell the teenagers this, and I think it's relevant to everybody. Just because it's on the Internet doesn't necessarily make it true. Do you know that there are AI generators now that can do all kinds of freaky things? They can take your voice and make it look like you said something you never said. 
Photoshop. Have you seen Photoshop? Photoshop's freaky. There's these things now on your cameras, on your phones, where you can take a picture and make it look like a bunch of people weren't there that were actually there. It's crazy. We can't trust others more than we trust God. Okay, we have to trust God first. We have to follow God. See, and here, here's, what, here's what I'm learning. You know, some people like living in the wilderness. Some people like that life. Some people like wandering through the desert because that means they ain't got any kind of responsibility. They can keep just wandering. They, they like it because they can go whine to Moses. They can just go whine and complain. It's kind of like a small child. I remember, like, you know, when you're little and you run out of something, you're just, Mom, Dad, I don't have any more. What, what did I like when I was little? I can't say Oreos anymore because that's something I like now. Cocoa Pebbles. Let's just say it was Cocoa Pebbles. That is a good cereal, by the way. If I wanted some more Cocoa Pebbles, I had to go to Mom and Dad, and it's just like whining, Mom, right, until, like, somebody ended up going to get it for me, right? See, people often fear the unknown. And these, and these Israelites, they didn't know exactly what was going to happen when they crossed over into the land. All they knew is what they saw. They saw these giants. They saw these problems. And they thought they couldn't do it. See, too many times we rely on other people or we rely on ourselves. I'll tell you a quick story, and I, I don't really want to tell you this story. So when I first started teaching, I worked at Foley Middle School. Boo. Anyways, so Foley Middle School, and I, the, I think the second year I was there, I helped coach Madison Southern. I was the assistant freshman coach. I'm pretty sure they made up a job for me. I was the assistant freshman coach, and we had a game one time at East Jessamine High School. I thought, man, I really know where East Jessamine High School is because East Jessamine's right beside where I went to college. Like, I had went to observe classes there. Like, I really knew where that school was. So, like, the whole trip, I'm trying to say, Psh, I can get us there faster. I know how to get us there. Like, we're on the bus. And for some reason, on I-75, it was backed up. Shocker, right? Um, I-75 shock was backed up. It wasn't even because of road work during the... Anyways, um, we get off and we're going down some back road. And I tell him, I know where to go. Like, let me lead us. And coach finally gives in. He's like, let's get him to shut up. Like, where do you go? So anyways, I'm leading the charge. I'm like, okay, you go up here, you turn. I'm telling the bus driver all these crazy paths. First of all, I took us in the back way of a school. There, there was a gate shut, so you couldn't get in. So we were more late. Then we pulled around front, and instead of being at East Jessamine High School, we were at East Jessamine Middle School. So we were more late. Well, the good news, I told Coach, the good news, East Jessamine was terrible that year. Like, it's okay if we showed up late. We were still going to win the game. So we showed up like 15 minutes late. The kids are running in the locker room, putting on their jerseys. I'm thinking, okay, we're here. We're going to win the game. He'll be happy after we win the game. We lost. Needless to say, I never got to give directions again on how to get to a game. The problem was they trusted the young coach who didn't know anything to get us to the game, and I didn't know how to get there. But I sure thought I did. Listen, we need to understand that our ways are not always the best ways. Like these 10 spies, and we'll come back to these 10 spies, but these 10 spies, 
didn't really have their, everybody's best interest at heart. They saw what they wanted to see. And there are going to be challenges. I mean, there's, there's real challenges. But instead of following others, we have to follow God. And this could be my favorite point. N stands for nevertheless. Nevertheless. You've got to watch out for the nevertheless people. These are the people that say, hey, like in, like in our story, in verse 27, when they said, hey, the, the land actually flows with milk and honey. It's good. It's exactly what God said it is. But if you go to verse 28, the first word is nevertheless. And I made it sound like it's three words because it makes more sense to me. But nevertheless, the people who dwell there are strong. Like there's problems there. They're huge. These, these spies are the nevertheless people. They're the people that say, hey, I see problems. I see reasons why it's bad. I see reasons why you can't do this. Here's what, here's what nevertheless people are like. Let me give you this analogy. Imagine you're going on a picnic. I don't know if anybody goes on picnics anymore. Anyways, imagine if you're on a picnic with a group of friends. In case you'll like this. They bring a big, beautiful chocolate cake to your picnic. And that's what you're going to eat at the picnic. Now now Casey's going to tell me she wants a big chocolate cake, right? So you bring a big chocolate cake to your picnic. And as you're about to eat it, you're sitting there and you're looking at it. You're like, man, that thing looks good. There's this one friend in the group who says, what if there's ants What if there's an ant problem? We should probably call an ant exterminator for these ants that we might have. There might be a problem. And everyone else is kind of sitting around puzzled because they're like, let's just eat the cake. We're good. Let's just eat the cake. They're not worried about these imaginary ants. But still, there's that one person that's like, what about the ants? They're a problem. You know, sometimes... We can be like that one friend, only concerned about the problems that we think are there. They might not even really be there. And when we do that, we miss what God has for us, like maybe getting to eat that chocolate cake in that scenario. And listen, there's nothing wrong with seeing the problems, okay? Like I've told you, the problems are really there, but the order you see the problems in are what matter. You can't see God's promises. See, what they did is they saw God's promise, a land flowing with milk and honey, but then they listed all these problems. So they saw the promise first, and then they saw the, pro- they saw the promise first, and then they saw the problems. What we're supposed to do is see the problem and then see God's promises. Why? Because God can help you through the problem. He can help you understand Maybe not understand better, but leads you through the problem. See, the ten spies, when they came back with their report, there was absolutely no mention of God whatsoever. Two of them came back claiming God's promises because they saw God's view, not human perspective. So we have to start with the problem We need to see the problem first and then take it to God and see God's promises with the problem. So many times we do the opposite. You don't have to turn there, but you can if you want to. In Exodus Exodus chapter 6, Exodus chapter 6, verse 7, 
Uh, God said, I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to you. Like, God is saying, like, this land is yours for the taking. The promised land was already theirs. They just had to go in and take it. Listen, God has already laid out his plan for your life. But he wants you to reach out and take it. What's already been given to you, he wants you to take it. He don't want you to sit back and see all the problems of why you can't do something. You know, it's like teaching. Some some days at school are a lot harder than other days. But teaching at school, you know, oftentimes when there's a kid going through something in, in your class, they just automatically shut down and tell you why they can't do something. Like they they won't even try. Like oftentimes they're like, I can't do this, and you're like, this is just the notes we just did on the board, right? Like this is not even the stuff you're doing by yourself yet. We have to go to God and see his promise to deal with the problems that we deal with in life. So lastly, the D stands for done. That's a a good last letter. Done. How quickly in life do we see or do we often forget what God has done for us? Like, Like oftentimes we're so much like these Israelites in terms of we go through something, God delivers us, And then the next time we encounter something, we think, well, I know you pulled me through this, but I know, pulled me through that one, but how are you going to help me this time? There's no way you can help me this time. We often forget what God has done for us. We're often quick to forget all that God has led us out of. We have to remember, based on what God has did for us, we have to be willing to step out in faith again because we know that if he's pulled us out of it before, he can do it again. God's faithful, right? He's faithful. He, he, he's not going to fail. He doesn't fail. If you have the grasshopper mindset, you say, well, I'm in, I'm in a mess again, and I know, I know what they said you did in the Bible, and, and I know that you might have helped me last time, but I just don't know about it this time. The grasshopper mindset is kind of the same idea as like this victim mentality or this slave mentality we have to understand what God's done for us if you're a Christian God has pulled you out of something and he's leading you towards something but he's not just going to give it to you you have to take it you have to be willing to step out in faith and say God here I am I'm ready for whatever you have for me here I am so right now what I'm going to ask you to do bow your heads close your eyes I don't know what you normally do on a Wednesday night. But I'm just going to ask you right now where you sit, are you, are you guilty yourself of this grasshopper mindset? Meaning that you get so stuck in your slave mentality that you miss what God has for you. That so many times in your life you, you claim to be a victim and you're so worried about what happened to you and how everybody did you wrong and how life's not fair and how you just you just never get the right treatment that you're missing what God has for you. 
We have to be willing to step out in faith, not scared, because God can pull you through. Yes, you may have to walk through the wilderness. Yes, it may be a dry place. Yes, it may be hard sometimes. But if you trust God, He's leading you to something better. He's leading you to the right place for you in your life. And it may be something different or better than you ever imagined. But you have to step out and trust Him. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that if there is anybody in this room that struggling any, uh, any way with this grasshopper mentality, Lord, this grasshopper complex, that you would help us to overcome that, Lord, because it's only through you that we can truly overcome something like that. I, I pray that none of us would see ourselves as too small to go to you because you love us and you care for us. God, I pray that when challenges come in our life, we would never try to act like they're bigger than you. I pray that we, we never get to a point in our life where we say what we came from and the mess we used to live in is better than where we're at now. But instead we would say, God, I'm giving it to you because you're faithful. You can deliver me because you've done it before. You're faithful and you've never failed. You're leading me to something better. God, I pray that if there's anybody in this room who doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that they would make the decision tonight to, to change that, Lord, that they would come to you, that they would lay their life down before you, and they would decide, God, I'm yours. God, I thank you that when we do struggle and we do run away, that you still love us and forgive us. God, forgive me where I fail you, and go with us this week, Lord, and, and lead us to uh, what you have for us. And again, just help us not to have this slave mentality. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.